0: Blood? Is hey, that
1: you radio? out there, Nick? Yep. Okay. Hello,
0: <laughs> friends, family, coworkers, and good people of planet Earth. This is Nick Augustine and I'm your host on this episode of Law Talk Radio, produced by Lone Star Content Marketing. Brought to you in part by Members' Choice Federal Credit Union in Denton, Texas on Unicorn Lake Boulevard. You may be eligible to join Members Choice if you live, work, worship, or attend school in Denton or Argyle, Texas. I join members' choice because they're locally owned and operated and offer a level of personal service I otherwise cannot find. Don't forget to share the on-demand links to these episodes in your social media pages when you see something you'd like to share. All of our podcast channels and programs are available on our website, located at www.lonestarcontentmarketing.com. You can also find our shows on the Law Talk Radio Facebook page. Today's show is properly actually improperly titled by myself yours truly uh here we go it's episode number 40 of the building your law practice series today is ninth hour thoughts on your 2015 plan for marketing and getting new clients so as we all wind down to celebrate new year's and reflect on our profits and losses in 2014 we also have an opportunity to start fresh and new in 2015. It might sound cliche, but the concept of starting anew allows us to accept and embrace positive change. Of course, we all resolve to do better and make more money every year, but why is it that we keep repeating things that hold us back? This New Year's Eve, we take a look at some last-minute thoughts on getting things in gear for January 2015. And as we're talking about this, we want to remind you all that the big thing we're talking about in the background here is referrals because client referrals is the lifeblood of a business, especially with lawyers. So that's why we focus on lawyers not getting the referrals they need to grow their practice, which is also the title of Jim Thompson's book, Why Attorneys Fail to Get the Referrals They Deserve, They Need to Grow Their Practice, and What They Can Do About It. Jim is a retired lawyer well-known for helping attorneys get on track to earning more clients through simple, cost-effective activities. Jim is the author of Why Lawyers Fail to Get Referrals and What They Can Do About It. And during the show, he will give out the email where you all may contact him and request a copy of the ebook. Um, myself, Nick Augustine, I'm the principal of Lone Star Content Marketing. We are a PR and marketing agency in North Texas helping our clients, lawyers and business owners, share their stories about their practice areas and what they do, how people can find them and what they should know about them by are writing their blog content, their social media, managing and producing internet radio, podcasts, newsletters, and the whole full uh, gamut of press release and uh, PR work as well. Anyways, as a short disclaimer, this is our last show of the year, and it's a general information program. Any advice shared on this show does not constitute legal advice. Communication with our attorneys and guests on this show does not get rise to attorney-client relationships. And anyone who has any questions to consult an attorney in their area. All rights to this broadcast are reserved. Time to say hello to Jim.
1: Hey Nick, how you doing out there? I guess you're probably pretty warm down in sunny Texas.
0: Um, actually no. We have what is uh come in called the Blue Norther, which is cold. Uh, it's 30 degrees out right now, and it's uh it's pretty cold for us. We can't really handle that. But the upshot is, I realize that uh all through November. I think I complained about allergies in December. There's no allergies. I don't know why that is, but um, I'm feeling good. I'm ready for the new year. The grass is green. Of course, you know we're uh, we're lucky. Uh, the the folks out further west have snow in California and all that. We're just gonna have some possible icy, rainy roads. So just a word to the wise, anyone bring in the new year. Have a sober driver. Uh hope you have a sober driver. Hope they drive a tank in case it uh it has we have any uh, snow or ice or any inclement weather tonight and be safe out there because as my dad always used to say, it's amateur hour on New Year's. So, I stay home and
1: uh keep it safe. What about you, Jim? You do anything fun for New Year's? Yes. No, we're we are staying home and Donna's gonna cook me a great dinner, which is what we do pretty much every New Year's Eve because as you your dad said and some of us old folks say, you know, why go out and drink with the amateurs? This is amateur hey, hour out exactly. there. So anyway, but, but just the reason I asked you about the weather, we're we're hovering around four or five degrees here. Uh um, what? <laughs> yeah, so what? Yes, of what? Yes, it's it is really cold. <laughs> And, and, and a little trivia, trip. since you said you're at about 30, Anchorage, Alaska, I always check in at Anchorage since we were there last summer. It is 33 degrees in Anchorage right now. So it's Whoa. warmer there. It's where you are and obviously where That's I crazy. am. But, but what we want to try and do in the next 20 or so minutes is just kind of recap and, and give some thoughts and, and uh, go... Uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, maybe give some different ideas. I've I've talked to some attorneys in the last two or three weeks, and and one of the the I guess the overriding thing is Jim. It's been an okay year, but not a real good year. What can I do to to get more clients? And of course, we talk about the referral thing. And and of course, one of the things they always say is, what can I do to get more clients without spending a lot of money? And and you know. Um, one of the first things, and we've talked about this, uh, and I'm not going to belabor the point other than to say you need to have a marketing plan and it needs to be written down because if you have a marketing plan in your head, it'll never get done. Um, I've written about the marketing plan. If anybody would like um, an update on the blog that I wrote on marketing plans, uh, please please send me an email, and I'll be glad to send that out to you. Very simple. It doesn't have to be super elaborate. I know when I, I talk about marketing plans uh, for the coming year to some people, they, they immediately think, well, a business plan. Well, it's not a business plan to start off with. It's a marketing plan, and it can be fairly simple. It does not have to be a 30-page document. You can probably do your marketing plan And and I would say in no more than two pages. If you're doing more than two pages, and in some cases, maybe even if you're doing more than one page, you might not be getting the point of doing a marketing plan. And and the reason I say that is if you sit down and do a two or three or four or five page marketing plan, what will happen to that is that's a nice exercise that you'll get done and you'll put it in your desk drawer and you'll see it again probably next year. Uh, when you start thinking about your marketing and what you should have done um in that past year in two thousand and fifteen so um the other thing I want to talk about or a number of things, but one of the things I want to mention with with regard to marketing plan and it kind of segues into it is accountability the The thing that I see so often is attorneys and some of my other clients uh, I also work with some people that uh, are in some of the other entrepreneurial professions and when I talk to them it's it's like yeah that sounds great I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do it and you talk to them next week or the week thereafter or whatever the case may be and yeah you know I just just didn't get around to it. And one of the reasons people don't get around to it, and this is particularly true if you're a solo or uh you know, a, a one or two man firm, is so many other things get in the way. And I've been there, done that, I, it happens now to me, you know, it happened today. I had a whole bunch of things I wanted to get done today being the last obviously day of the year, and I'm still behind. Bottom line is Okay, I've got my wife looking over my head saying, you promised me you were going to do this and do this and do this before the end of the year. That's called super accountability. But the bottom line is, and my my point here, find someone that is going to hold you accountable. Now, here's what I'm talking about. Let people know what it is you want to do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly or whatever it is. Let people know it could be your partner, it could be your secretary, it could be your paralegal, Um, it could be your spouse. So what I'm saying is when you're thinking about this, this marketing plan or what you're going to do in the coming year, let people know what it is that you are going to do. And here's the other thing. Yes, you want to talk to a couple of your close friends to be your Old accountability partners, and, and one of the things that, that I talk about in the book, and and it's, it's not a uh, you know a a, uh, a game changer. It is, but it's it's very simple. Find someone else that has a like mind that you have, that you want to build your practice, you want to grow your business. And again, it could be your partner, it could be somebody you graduated law school with, it could be you know one of your friends in another law firm or wherever. And sit down and say, okay. This is what I want to accomplish in the coming year. What do you want to accomplish? Let's hold each other accountable. And and don't get it like I, I know many of us who went to law school um, had, you know, we had these study groups. And there was always, you know, four or five people in a study group or whatever, number doesn't really matter. And, you know, most of the people would do the work, get it done, and there would always be one person that would come in and, well, John, did you brief those cases? Oh, well, you know, I... Uh, I uh, you know how that goes. Didn't do it. So if you're going to find an accountability partner, find someone that's going to do what he says he's going to do and then also hold you accountable. So you're both holding each other accountable. Having said that, it may take you going through two, three, four, five people before you find the right accountability partner. But here's the point. Just like Nike says, just do it. You've got to start somewhere. You've got to start the process of holding yourself accountable and letting other people hold you accountable. Having said that, okay, and letting people know that you're going to do something, I am uh, going to let the world know right now, I think I kind of mentioned this a little bit to you, that I am going to come out with a um, <coughs> excuse me a second edition, a revised edition of, of my book, which uh, will be done uh, by the end of February. So the world knows they can hold me to that. They can hold my feet to the fire, but it will be ready to go, and you'll be able to get it uh, the end of February. So having said that, um, uh, I expect a lot of people will start you know, asking me questions. How am I doing? When's it coming out? All the other stuff that goes along with it. And, and the reason I want to do that is because I wrote that book about two years ago, uh, the book that's out there now. And a lot of the stuff is, is 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 great. It's good stuff. But in the two years since it's it's come out, I've learned a lot more. And, and let me say this. And I've told, I always put it out this way. What I'm doing and what I write doesn't. Most of it doesn't come from me. It's it's. I have such incredible sources that feed me information all the time. I got probably five or six articles this morning on different things. And one of my biggest problems is going through and picking out what I want to put either in my blog and, of course, giving people credit for it uh, where I can Um, and also trying to uh, assimilate that into a newsletter and and, and breaking things down, trying to figure out what people may or may not want to hear or see in print. So this is one of the things that... um, you know, it's very difficult for me, but it'll be most of the stuff and new stuff in the book will be all from other sources that that uh, I've come in contact with in the past couple of years, and a lot of those sources, as I've told folks, come from outside the legal marketing area. So, uh, you know, and I'm sure a lot of lawyers out there may get stuff from from lawyers about legal marketing, but a lot of lawyers I know have never even heard of some of the the other great folks out there, the, the great minds as far as marketing goes. So I want to try and, to share some of that stuff with them as, as we go along. So having said that, um, let's talk about a couple of things. One of the things that came up recently, and as I mentioned, we were talking to some, some clients and they were asking, how can I get more more business, more clients? And, of course, the first thing I, I ask people when they, when they have that question is, um, basically, how many clients do you have? and they look at me, well, well, you know, and, and and most people don't know, okay? The reason I ask that question is how many clients do you have that you're actively working on cases for right now? Then the next question is how many clients do you have that you've done stuff for and you've not contacted them, not stayed in contact with them? And usually the answer I get is, Well, you know, usually when I finish a matter, I never talk or never see that client again, never hear from them. And my point there is go back and take a look at the clients that you've done work for, the clients that have come to know, like, and trust you and reconnect with them. Now, I can I can almost imagine some folks out there saying, well, Jim, it's been a long time, and I don't even know if they'll remember me and all the other stuff and every excuse you can come up with. Here's the thing, folks. Most people will not remember when the last time they heard from you. Oh, it might be five years ago, and, of course, they'll remember who's this guy. But if you've done something for somebody in the last couple of years, they may not even remember the last time they talked to you. Uh, we just had a session um, at the beginning of December, with with my clients and one of the things they had to do is, is send out New Year's cards. I didn't want them sending Thanksgiving cards, but New Year's cards. Now, obviously, tomorrow's New Year's, and somebody said, "Well, is it too late to send out cards today?" Or you know, the nice thing about it, you can probably send out New Year's cards for about a week after um, after New Year's. I and you an get idea, it, Jim. It, you, you know, don't don't. I mean, Christmas cards. Yeah, you're kind of really locked into that Christmas thing. But New Year's, mm-hmm. you know, for the the first week or so, even two weeks after New Year's, if you haven't sent them out, you know, and, and get get some nice cards, blank cards if you want, and just write a nice little note, you know, thinking about you, um, wishing you all the best in the coming year. Whatever you feel comfortable saying to someone, handwrite it you out. No one else is talking about script- that.
0: The other thing that's nice about that is you're standing out. You're standing out, uh, you know, out in your field, so so to speak, because no one else really does that. Um, I don't remember ever getting New Year's cards from someone after New Year's. Uh, usually before, or if it was a late Christmas card, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's. But that's a really you know interesting thing. And you know, when we talk about marketing uh, in PR, oftentimes we think about you know who is the one of the things I talk about clients with is who are you as a person, which makes you new, you, you unique. And what to, can you do that only you do the best. And it's really about standing out and doing your own thing. And I, I really like this idea of sending out the, the new year's cards. And I'll bet you this, yeah, you go to Kroger or a grocery store, you probably pick the new year's cards up for uh, on a discount if you go January 2nd.
1: Sure. You know, and, and here's the thing. Um, uh, people don't know, maybe I get a New Year's card next Monday, next Tuesday, next Wednesday, I go, eh, you know, hey, blame it on the post office. Not you blame it on the post office, but subconsciously we're we're thinking maybe mm-hmm. the post office screwed up. Because you never, I mean, around here you don't see the postmark. You send them one place and they, they go out. You never see when it's postmarked. Bottom line is, though, send it with a handwritten note, handwritten address, and a a commemorative stamp if you will don't don't use the standard flag stamps or anything get get go to the post office and get some nice commemorative stamps. we've talked about that many many times, but if you haven't done it um hey, do it for your ten fifteen twenty best <coughs> excuse me uh best clients that you haven't had contact with, of course, send them to your clients that you now have, okay. You know, you don't want them feeling left out, but do it. Just, just, you know, set a goal. And I've had people go, well, Jim, you know, i got got 100 clients and I just can't get that done. You know what? 100 clients, so you say, okay, in the next 10 days, I'm going to write 10 cards. Oh, yeah, that, I can do that if we break it down. And, and so many of these marketing tasks which we talk about, uh, they seem daunting. Um, and they don't get done because they seem like, gosh, it's going to take me so long to do that, I'll just go on to something else. And if you just say, okay, I'm going to write 10 cards, I'm going to do 10 of I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, it's going to be in short bursts. Okay, maybe take a half hour here and do something. Maybe take 15 minutes here and do something. We always say a half hour, 15, 20, 30 minutes throughout the day, and nobody can tell me that if they say they don't have the time to do this, I can show them probably in a week that they probably have at least two extra hours in a day that they could be doing things. So, you know, that, that's, that's kind of the uh, – um, you know, a couple of things that, that I've seen these and some of the things that – have popped up and and I've made a few notes on some things uh, and just want to talking in in terms of uh, giving, you know, we talk about referrals and that's great. But one of the things lawyers, again, when I talk to lawyers and I say, well, what do do you have as far as customer service? What do you, what do you do? What's going to make you memorable? And most of the time, of course I've used the word customer service and I've got to go, well wait a minute, let me back up. I'm really talking about client service, but you can call them whatever you want. They're customers or clients or whatever. But it's the service you are going to give. So what are you going to do that's going to make you kind of stand out? Now, obviously, sending out the cards that we just talked about, that's going to make you make you stand out. Okay? No, no question about that. Now, here's something else. Um I don't know and sometimes you think about it sometimes you don't, but I'm going to talk about a couple of things about your office when somebody comes into to uh to your office for the first time, okay um, do you have a a pre interview uh client intake form? You may or may not, and it may not fit what you do, but if you have somebody on the phone who's coming into your office and say they're coming in today, okay probably wouldn't work but if they're coming in in a week send them some type of form that they have to fill out very short but it's a pre-interview client intake form so that that does two things number one it gets them engaged right away in doing something number two it gets your name out there again because hey they may call you and forget that they even have an appointment with you tomorrow or the next day or the next day so if you have the opportunity in the mail you know, mail it out to them, because then they have something physically in the hand. I know I've I've had attorneys tell me, well, I'll send them something uh, by email or something like that. Okay, that's great, but I would prefer, you know, the, the, the hard copy. And you know, a personal injury case. Maybe they're coming in tomorrow. Maybe they're coming in in a week. Whatever the case may be, get something in their hands with your letterhead on it, and it's a nice personal letter. Hey, it was great talking to you. Uh, as we talk, as we discussed, uh, here here's some, some forms that I need you to fill out for information. Please bring these with you uh, when you come. And, and inevitably what happens a lot of times in some cases, it used to happen to me, people would come in for an appointment, and you'd say, well, did you did you bring your what are well, you taking for prescriptions? She had never thought about that. Did you bring this? Did you bring the accident report if you have one? Okay, I can get one. That type of thing. But if they have things that they um, you know don't remember, or you don't re- uh, let them know that you want them to bring to the appointment, they're not going to bring it. But here again, you have set the tone of caring about them. You want them to know that you really care about them coming into your office and you're going to take great care of them.
0: Um, you know, Jimmy, there's another thing I'm, I'm thinking about too. While doing this and setting the tone here for our clients, we're talking about taking care of people. Let's not talk about money. I'm going to put this in people's heads.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The recession starting in 2007 and on, have made people crazy about money, what things cost, saving money, blah, blah, blah. Most mm-hmm. of the times when you're hiring a lawyer, again, whether you're getting divorced, uh, buying or selling a house if you're new lawyer, or if it's a probate situation, these are not, it's not like getting a car wash or an oil change, these are things that come up so, you know, several times in life, and it's important to do things right, you know, when you have a contractor come out to do a new deck, it costs you some money because you want to get it done right. same thing applies to law and I think that people need to get over apologizing for what things cost and the money exchange and back and forth and I heard too many lawyers I think in the last few years talk about I'm gonna save you money here I'm gonna not charge you this I'm gonna not you know almost like apologizing for Mm -hmm. legal services and things costing what they do so I think by just like not even talking about the price tag sort of like when you look at a menu and the price isn't even on there you know um, There's appropriate times to talk about that, but not focus on it. Focus on the people, helping the people. And if everyone sort of ignores the financial component, um, you know, that can be something that goes along with the territory. And I think that that's the way that a lot of professions were run, at least what I grew up with. And so much much the focus I've seen lately is, you know, get get your divorce for X amount of dollars, this amount of flat fee this, you know, all this trying to prove cost savings. Um, you know, like we're a Walmart with a, you know, or came up with a blue, a blue, blue light special or whatnot. Um, <laughs> I just think that getting, getting away from that mentality of of economics and really focusing on professionalism and helping the person and creating the, that relationship of trust mm-hmm. is so much more important. You know,
1: well, one of the things that kind of segues a little bit into that too is should you offer initial free consultation? Um, my theory has always been, yes, you should, um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, John, John calls you on the phone, and and you don't even know whether you can help John or not. Okay, your your your, your primary objective when you get a uh, somebody calling your office is to get them in that chair across from you, so she can sit down. Now, if, if the secretary says, oh, by the way, uh, J- Jim will charge you $200 just to talk to him, that guy's going to go find somebody that's going to give him an initial free consultation, trust me. So, you know, what, what's, what's your time worth? Well, you know, consider this an investment. 99% of the time when you get somebody sitting across from you and you've offered them the initial consultation, um, and, and make sure that they know that it's how long it's going to be, initial half hour or an hour, whatever the case may be. But usually in the first half hour, you can tell whether they have a case and whether you're going to be able to help them. Now, here's the thing. If they come into you and say they even pay you $200, and they know they're going to pay it for the initial consultation, um, and you can't help them. I mean, maybe something has happened, uh, maybe it's not a case you handle or a case you have uh, or the type of cases you handle, you can't help them. And you say, oh, by the way, uh, my secretary has a bill for $200 or whatever the case may be. I should go, guess what? That person is never going to come back to you with any other case because he's going to think you didn't do anything for him. Okay, you may have given him the best advice you ever had that you can't help them. But he's going to think, hey, this guy took my money. He didn't do anything for me. And so he's never going to refer anybody to you. He's never going to come back. You know, make sure that person leaves on a good note. Even even if if you know, he can't help them, let them know that you've taken your time. Let them know that you're, you know, you're spending the time with him. And, you know, you don't have to come out right out and say it, but you know how, what I'm talking about. And, 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 and let him know that you care about him as a person and that. You want to help them. You just can't help them at that particular time. But that doesn't mean you can't help them in the future. And we've talked about that on, you know, just just on and on and on. You know, something, this is something else. And I'm probably as guilty of this uh, when I practice as anybody. And I see it all the time now. Going to a lawyer's office and guess what? There's 35 files sitting on his desk. And, you know, it looks like he's in total disarray. You know, I preach this and I'm probably as guilty as anyone of having, I always like to have stuff on my desk because I really felt like I, I needed to be in control of that. If you're that type of person, try to get some help where people can get you organized so you don't have to have it. So when somebody comes into your office, now your desk doesn't have to be perfectly clear. But what looks like, you are going to take their case right away it's not going to get stuffed in another file folder that they see on your desk and that that you're really concerned about them it goes a long way and first impressions make you know and and i know a lot of what i used to do a lot of times too is just take a client into the conference room because that was always you know pretty clean um and, and you can do it that way um But make sure that they feel comfortable when they come into your office, that they look at you and go, hmm, this is a guy that really is going to listen to me. This is a guy that doesn't have other distractions. Um, One of the things you can do, too, is, is don't let people, secretaries or anybody, interrupt you. And when the client comes in and sits down, you tell your secretary, well, you know, Sue, when 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 John, don't, don't interrupt me, you know, um, and sit in front of the client so he knows that you're giving him the full attention. Now, here's another little hint. Sometimes, sometimes you're waiting on a phone call or, or something's going to come up that the secretary has to, you know, get in touch with. Let the client know when you sit down. Say, you know, John, I'm going to give you my full attention, but I've been waiting for this one person to call me back. And if he does call back while we're you know, in a conference, I hope you won't mind if I take five or ten minutes to talk to this person. You let them know up front, okay? If if it's that, you no, know, uh, you know, don't take five calls, ten calls. But maybe that one important call that comes in, fine, because, you know, he is there taking up your time. You're taking up his time. He deserves as much attention as you're going to give anybody else. Um, one of the things, too, um, I saw this and I thought, this is pretty neat. If the client retains you, okay, give him a gift. Oh, well, Jim, what do you mean a gift? Well, it doesn't have to be a gift in the true sense of a gift, but give him something uh, if that client is a personal injury client, okay? Make sure that client, if he retains you, goes away from your office with a pack of forms that, you know, he has to keep track of his daily... Pain, what he can't do on a given day, forms such as this. PI attorneys know what I'm talking about. Um, if you have a book, okay, say you have a book that says things you need to think about during your divorce, okay, you've given them something, something of value. They've come in, they see it. Now, remember this, client's given you a retainer, right? Up until that point, you haven't done anything for that client. So he's giving you money based on something you haven't done. Um, you know, even, even if you give them a a nice calendar that says, okay, now I'm giving you a calendar with my name, blah, 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 you don't have to go that far, but it has your name on it. and says, you know, this is to keep track of important dates. I want you to, you know, track what goes on each day in your life, um, in a divorce case, in a, in a PI case, uh, things of that nature. Okay. But. When when you, when you have um, something tangible that they can take away, they've got it. They've got it sitting at home. Probably other people who are coming to visit them, see them. Something that um, I have mixed emotions about this, but I will say it anyway. Somebody said, you know, probably what you should have instead of your, when you're offering coffee, the Styrofoam cup thing, is have your own personalized cups. Okay? I... And when I've been in offices, and this is just a personal thing, and I've been given, you know, a, a nice ceramic cup or something to drink my cup, I always make sure, want to make sure, did they really horse this well? Or, I, you know, did the secretary just swish it out and that type of thing? But if you feel comfortable and you've got the ability and you've got trust in your secretary, um, and then you can always grab a cup too so that they know that, you are you know, you're doing the same thing. Um, I'm, I can't say this enough. Return... Phone calls promptly. You know, that is obviously the biggest complaint I think lawyers, lawyers face is they my lawyer never calls me back. My lawyer never lets me know what's going on in my case. Keep your client informed of what's going on in the case. Um, make sure that they get a copy of everything you send out. If you send a letter to someone, make sure they get a copy of it. If, um, you know, you get some interrogatories and in, say, Make sure that you send the copy to your client and say, I want you to take a look at these and be thinking of the answers and all. My secretary will schedule an appointment for you to come in. Whatever you get, they get for two reasons. Number one, um, you know, that you want to show them you're working on your case. And especially true in some like divorce cases or PI cases that go on for a while. Uh, they may not, you may not get anything or hear anything for a month or two. Well, Every month, besides sending them a bill, if it's a, a a billable type case, you know, send them something else. Show them what you've been doing, you know. Um, or, hey, you know, I just saw this. This this the the Supreme Court just ruled uh, this way on a case. Let them know what's going on. If the client can 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 handle that, my point being, get stuff in their hands. Make it look like you are working for them, and they see stuff coming. And of course, that's going to go a long way if you ever get, you know, somebody wants to file a complaint mm-hmm. for malpractice. Well, getting, you, know, you know,
0: the other thing is, too, Jim, it makes you a human that's thinking about them and sharing information
1: mm-hmm. It
0: doesn't necessarily involve their case, but something that, you know, they know they're not yeah. going to get. It's when they know they're not going to get billed for, you know, just things as a courtesy. But it's also, main. it's like maintaining that that's boundaries those boundaries between work and out of work you know you may be friends with someone outside you may also be a client but to maintain those boundaries of you know the lawyers billing a certain amount of dollars per hour because there's a certain amount of time and expertise and everything that goes into it that time is valuable be respectful of that time um but yet don't close yourself off behind the iron curtain either be a human but it's about setting boundaries and yeah, you know, because uh, I've seen too often when lawyers get too personal with their clients, um, the level of respect for the profession tends to I don't know, if it becomes it, it's just, it's diluted, it's just different. Um, you know, it's just a different thing. But uh, you know, we're we're running out of time here, Jim. Um all these are really great ideas. Boy, I finished. hope that people go back to listen to some of our other programs. You know, when you, I always say when cleaning off the desk or you know, uh, let Jim ramble on in the background. You might just pick up on a few things. It's good <laughs> stuff, and we have the book and everything. Uh, before we go and say Happy New Year to all, all our folks at home, maybe, Jim, you want to give them a email address and how they can get a copy of that book in their hands.
1: Sure. The uh, address is jet, 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 at lawyersmarketingresource.com. Um if you have any questions, or you have any thoughts, or something that's worked for you, please, uh, you know, send me an email, and uh, I'll be glad to respond just as quickly as possible and try to answer your questions. And if you have some thoughts uh, on something you've done, let me know, and I'll be glad to share them on future future programs. I've gotten some good stuff from folks, and um, some of the stuff I've shared uh, with with people before. And it it's just it's it's hey, we've got to help each other out. This this is the whole thing. We we are all in this together and if if I'm not helping you get clients and you're not helping me, helping other people and you know, kind of, it's it's kind of gets gets to be a world that's not worth really um, practicing law in. So, if you uh, if you come across something and I can help you, let me know. If you come across something, let me know. And again, let me let me wish everyone a, a happy, prosperous, and joyous New Year. And we'll be talking to you in a week or so. Wow. There you go.
0: That that's all. Well, Jim, it's been a pleasure doing this program this year. We'll continue on into next year and keep talking about marketing and business development and plans and I uh, really appreciate everybody's time and listening. Again, you can find these programs on our Law Talk Radio Facebook page. Also on com. there's a blog there where we follow this content there as well too. Jim, again, I thank you for your time. and wish you a happy new year, sir.
1: You too, and stay warm. Talk to you soon. I See you alright All right. bye-bye. Bye-bye.